Welcome to Dream, Declare, Deliver with Chris Carell and Candace Sogren. Join us each week as we explore how to live a life by design and turn inspiration into realization. Hello and welcome back to Dream, Declare, Deliver, which is a show that Chris and I have started on living your life by design. We are big believers in a life by design. We think it's completely possible for every person to have these tools and to be able to create the lives that they want. And we're here to guide you along the process, the way that we're learning ourselves. And um, we were talking last week about the art of letting go. And after we we finished the, the the episode, we said, well, that was great, except for I'm sure a lot of people are, are looking at us saying, what? Like, how do I let it go if I'm still holding on to it? Like, um, and, and so Chris and I decided that let's take a step back or maybe two steps back and let's talk about shifting and shifting is an art in and of itself. It's, mm. it's, it's, it's like actually recognizing that you're in your moment, that you're in it, whatever that is, uh, that, that, that poop filled backpack we talked about last week, that you got it and, and, and then doing something about it. And so this is again in the deliver portion of, of the dream to care, declare deliver. But what you'll also hear today is that that dreaming part is really important here. Um, and that these aren't linear dream, declare, deliver is not linear, meaning that you, once you have your dream in place, you don't have to forget about it and now go off and, and deliver, um, your dreams going to keep coming up over and over and over again. And we, we, we want that to happen because it allows you to, to anchor yourself in something that matters to you. Yeah. And, and actually it, it may not come up, but it may, it, it's something you get to choose and, and remember and use as your touchstone, um, the, the whole way through the process. So, um, you know, we'll keep coming back to the importance of your dream, you know, like what happens when we start addressing the whole topic of shifting. The first thing that you have to do is just stop, you know, like recognize that this isn't working. Whatever it is, isn't working. Um, and, and once you're able to do that, you know, that might be a point where you can say, wait, what is my dream? What is my vision here? Um, you know, is my vision to have, a you know, a, a, a 10 relationship or is my vision to have a successful, um, day at work or, you know, a success in my business? Um, it might be sufficient just to stop right there and remember your vision. But if, and let's just take a minute on stop. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so I, I think, I think stop is easier said than done sometimes. <laughs> um, Amen. often, you know, I, I, I often, uh, my boss, my, the CEO of my company is brilliant, a brilliant man. Um, and is also very fast. He thinks very quickly and, um, we're always communicating via Slack. That's the, the method that we use to communicate throughout the day. And I call it a Slack smack. You know, when he like, like he'll, he'll be coming at me with something that he wants done. That's not being done fast enough. And it'll start, start feeling like I'm getting like smacked across the face. And in that moment, I just, I want us to all just stop. And, um, and and because it allows you to take a breath and recoup, reground yourself, figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, and so a lot of times when you notice it, it's when your blood's rising, if you're in an argument with someone you love, uh, you notice your blood is rising and that's the best time to find a safe word for yourself. Mine is apple. Um, so like, okay, apples, I, I, I gotta take a break. I gotta take a breath. And, and my husband knows, okay, that means Candace is, she, she, she's stopping for now. Mm -hmm. Any, any yes. tips you have from stopping Chris? 
I think it's, you know, like you said, it's one of the harder things to do because um, a lot of times what happens inside of our interpretations is um, what I call the ladder of inference. And, and so one interpretation leads to another, leads to another, leads to another. It's kind of an if then well, if this is what's happening now, then that means this. And, and so we make an interpretation on top of the interpretation. So sometimes that accelerates and it's really hard to put the brakes on that. Um, can you give it, an example of that? So, so the listeners can make sense of. Sure. Language. You know, so if I'm having a, um, a, a disagreement argument or something like that with, with my wife, you know, um, you know, and, and she's upset and, and leaves, you know, has to go to work because she's got something going on there. Um, so it's incomplete. I'm going, you know, part of me says, well, if she's upset about this thing here, that means there's something else behind it. And it's probably that I'm not, you know, fulfilling my, you know, part of the bargain. And if she thinks I'm not fulfilling my part of the bargain, then she's probably angry about this also, some other part of, of our relationship. And if she's upset about, you know, that part of our relationship, then maybe the whole relationship is at risk. And, you know, do you hear how it happens? I can also hear your voice getting higher and higher and higher. (laughs) I'm not too invested. I'm getting more stressed out. I'm getting more stressed (laughs) out as as you're walking through. (laughs) So, just being able to stop that process is is wait, 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 wait. I'm I'm making a whole series of inferences here, and that's not serving me. Um, Oftentimes, (laughs) one thing I'll I'll give another quick example. But mine, since I mentioned my boss, I'll just mention this. I was I was laid off once, like 2008, 2009, when the economy fell apart. My company, my law firm laid me off. And the reason I bring this up is I have always had a fear since then of losing my job. Like, I'm just always afraid of losing my job. Now, I have a lot of evidence to prove that I'm not going to lose my job. But yet, I like I always have that fear. So when that slack smack happens, when my when my boss gets frustrated and says, why hasn't this been done? The, my ladder of inference takes me down to you're going to get fired. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like, and you're going to lose your job. And like yeah. every time it happens, I still have that same, my, my whole body reacts in that way that like, oh, Candace, you're going to get fired. And it's, it's, it, the ladder of inference makes no sense. Um, if you're just looking at a sing, the single act. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it can be related also to some, bigger or, or older thing than just, you know, oh, I was once fired or something, you know, um, once upon a time, I think in, I don't know, fourth grade or something like that, I was sent to the principal's office because I'm a smart mouth and I, I was, you know, not appropriate. I was being insubordinate. She wrote insubordinate on a piece of paper and said, go ask the principal what that means. <laughs> She's always a teacher. She was really good. Um, and so, so where my brain goes in, in, you know, if I get a slack, uh, a slack smack, um, yeah. is back to the principal's office. I'm being sent, I'm going to get sent to the principal's office. You know, it's the same sort of thing. So these old stories are part of that if then process that, you know, we get to unwind. The, the way that we deal with that is to recognize what are the rungs on the, on the ladder. You know, what are the if then, if then? So we're here and we got to walk down the ladder first to get to like what actually happened here, you know? So we stop our own series of interpretations, get back to the question of, wait, this isn't working. What actually is happening here and what's going on? You know, this and, and is- one thing, one thing for the, for our listeners to do is to just take a piece of paper and write down 
just anything that you're stuck in right now, whether mm-hmm. it's finance or work or a relationship or a friendship or something, just write one, one thing down that, that you're feeling stuck in and then just assume that it goes wrong. Like just assume that whatever you're stressed out about right now, that it goes wrong. So if this goes wrong, then what happens? If that happens, then what happens? And give yourself five steps. Just mm-hmm. and, and oftentimes it will be like, then I die, <laughs> then I lose this person, then like it like whatever I'll be penniless, you know, right? <laughs> whatever the worst case situation is. Mm-hmm. And then you can say, Oh my gosh, I'm actually reacting to step five, not step one. Right. Then that's a really important. So so that th- that might be a good practice from this from this podcast episode. Great idea. Yeah. And so so step two. Step two. So if step one is just stopping, when you recognize that you're starting to spin it up, stop, take a breath, get a safe word, <laughs> use Apple, whatever. Um, step two is acknowledging that this is your interpretation, acknowledging, oh, wow, I've taken this five steps down the ladder. Mm-hmm. And right. if I can acknowledge that, Chris, then what do I do with it? Well, if you acknowledge that it's an interpretation, then the question that follows that is, what's another interpretation that might serve my vision? You know, and again, we come back to the, that that anchor, that touchstone that we have um, of, of our vision. You know, so um, this interpretation isn't taking me in that direction. What will take me in the direction of my vision? Um, and we get to ask a different question and come up with a number of different interpretations. Don't stop at the first one, you know, because a lot of times um, my brain will throw out test cases, you know, silly examples um, as uh, in different interpretations. Oh, well, of course, it could be, you know. Mars is in retrograde or, you know, know, it'll just, it'll throw something out like that. Um, I better write a couple more down and then I can choose from among the different interpretations, which one takes me closer towards my vision. Yeah. And um, Andrew and I went to a, to a couple's retreat um, with a woman named Lynn Sheridan, who's a very dear friend of both mine and Chris's. And, um, and, and Lynn actually gave a, a, a suggestion on how to do this. Um, so, so she, she said, you know, what I would recommend is that when you're feeling like you're getting ready to be in it, take 30 minutes and let one person speak for 30 minutes, take a break for 30 minutes, and then let the other person speak for 30 minutes. And what that does is, first of all, it forces you to stop. Like, mm. like if you're the person listening, you are not allowed to speak for an hour. And, and during that time, it allows you to take in the facts to recognize your ladder of inference and, and what you're making up about it to decide, is this really what I want for this relationship, this friendship, this marriage, and then choose something else. Mm. And anytime Andrew and I are feeling like we're getting up against it, um, then we say, okay, it's time for our 30 minutes. And we know what that means, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's like yeah. our apple. Um, but it's like a, okay, let's stop. And then let's, let's reground ourselves. Mm-hmm. But you brought up something, Chris, and I think it's super important. The vision, regrounding yourself in your vision. So it's really important that you know what you want at all times. Like, mm-hmm. like when, because it's clear for us when what we don't want. Oftentimes when we're talking to our students or our clients, we'll ask them, what do you want? And they'll say, well, I don't want my marriage to be like it is. I don't want my financial situation to be like right, it is. I don't right, want my right. job to be like it is. And it's okay. I'm clear on what you don't want, but what do you want? Yeah. And, and so, so my, my invitation is always just to keep asking yourself, what do I want? 
what do I want in my career? What do I want in my marriage? What do I want with my kids? Um, because if you're not clear on what you want, you're not going to get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're going to get what you don't want. Yeah, and we talked about in in the dream um, discussion earlier. Uh, we talked about making it uh, a five senses vision. So what you know, like really get into the whole picture, um, the feeling, the experience of what it is that you want, not just a a concept, an abstract uh, concept. So that that has the power to be your anchor that you can keep coming back to, um, and, and when you get in in trouble and you know, recognize that this isn't going the right way. Um, you know, we, um, we do similar kind of thing, um, in, in talking. We also, we also have a code word <laughs> and, um, uh, we refer to it as being pointy headed. Um, and, and, and so that's a code that says, all right, stop, wait, I'm really experiencing your opinion and your, your interpretation. And, um, and it's not serving us, uh, you know, and so I can call her on it and she can call me on it, uh, when that's not working. And that allows us to, to sit down and, um, and listen, you know, cause that's, that's a, a big element of, of what's going on. If it's not about a relationship though, um, you know, if it's just something that, you know, is an external event, um, you know, and like, I have friends who live in Turkey, you know, and there was a magnitude 7.8 um, earthquake there yesterday. Um, my brain goes, if then, if then, if then, if then, you know, like, how are my friends? And, um, you know, can I get through to them? And are, is their family okay? And, and so on. Um, so, so if it's just an external event, I'm, I'm going to be working on myself. There's not the other person to call on it. It's just really what's my interpretation here. And, you know, how do I, how do I choose differently? How do I come up with a different thing? Oh, my vision. Oh, go back to the, to the starting point. What is it that I want? You know? Mm -hmm. So when, when it's just about you, Candace, what do you do to, to, you know, kind of turn on a dime and and get your head back in the game. Um, well, it depends. It depends on the situation. So yeah. I, I was just, just thinking as you were talking that like journaling is really helpful for me. Um, so when I'm in it and like I get seasonal affective disorder, um, I, I, I know a lot of people who do some very good friends of mine do. And like in the wintertime, like I'm not I'm not great. often. <laughs> Um, like I have a lot of dark days in the winter time. Um, and like, I'm not from new England and I live in new England now. And so I even have darker days because, uh, <laughs> like a foreigner in, in, in the winter time. But when I'm in those moments, honestly, one of the things that I do is I have accountability partners. Um, and whether, so, so yes, it's me that's dealing with it. It's, it's my, it's, I'm in my head. But then I also will reach out and say, hey, listen, I'm in my head and I'm in a dark spot. You're one of them, Chris. I call mm. you often. And, and I'll say, hey, I'm in a dark spot. And and I what I, I tell my students is like what's inside my head is a bad neighborhood. There's like gang violence going on in here and cars are being flipped over and there's fires and all of that. Right. But as soon as I take it out of inside my head and I share it with you, Chris, mm. it gives whatever I'm stuck in a little bit less power. Right. And because you know you're my accountability partner on these things, you'll reflect back to me my vision. Mm. Because you know me. 
And, and, and so we'll have that conversation and it allows me then to move in a different direction. You had nothing to do with the inciting event. You had nothing to do with right. whatever my dark, my dark day, but you do know me well enough to, to ask me questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? Um, I, I was going to <laughs> suggest the same thing because, um, when I talk it out, um, you know, I, I had an issue yesterday and I really got stuck in my own interpretation of it. Um, so when I called up one of, I called two of my accountability buddies, um, when I called them up, he, he said, so, um, that other person's opinion of you is none of your business, <laughs> you know, and, and, I said, okay, so I'm making it my business. I'm interpreting it in a certain way. What if it's just that other person's having a rough time and I'm, it's not about me and I'm taking it personally, you know? So, you know, that really broke through a big chunk of, of the emotional part that I was holding on to because I was certain that I was at fault. You know, then it's always, it's always my fault anyway. I just might as well admit it. You know, so, uh, but, but having, uh, you know, somebody else to do that. Now we're both extroverts, you know, um, and I always say extroverts talk to think. Introverts think to talk, you know, so they'll always think beforehand. So it, it's important also if you're more of an internal processor, you know, somebody who really, you know, if, if you're asked your opinion, uh, your, uh, your opinion on something, you'll say, well, let me think about that for a minute. And then you'll speak. Um, whereas if somebody asks my opinion on that, I'll just start talking and it'll come out. <laughs> you know? But so for introverts, it's really important to take that, that quiet time to, to stop, go journal. That's a great technique for, for introverts, um, to help them see what it is that they're actually thinking. You know, because when you write it down, it comes out differently than when it's spinning in your head. And or meditation. You know, one of the things mm. that I've learned meditation is, is um, it, as an extrovert, it's, that's a that's a real stretch for me. But but uh, in meditation, I get to calm all the voices in my head. We joke about calling those a committee, right? There, there's so many voices in my head telling me what I should and shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm able to calm those down, I can get clarity. Um, so meditation is also something that I'd, I'd recommend. Um, but uh, but but I I I. Would love to just share, like, I was talking with Chris before we started this recording and I, I um, having been doing this now for about five years, um, I, uh, I, I recognize myself doing shifting, uh, this week. So my husband and I went to Cincinnati to visit my grandma. Mm. We brought my, my three year, my three year old son with us. And, um, we had a lovely weekend and we got home, got into our car in the parking garage and realized that we left our car key in Cincinnati. Um, and we're a couple of hours away from home. It was late at night on Sunday night. We all had work the next day and one version of Candace, a different <laughs> version of Candace would have turned that into a giant, like argument. meltdown. Yeah. Meltdown. <laughs> meltdown. Um, and however, I, on January 1st, I made a new year's resolution, my declaration that my vision for, for my life and my marriage was to have a 10 marriage. And like to really pour myself into my husband this year. So that, so this happened and we're, you know, the key's missing. Andrew was the one who forgot it in Cincinnati. And I, it would have been an easy one to, you know, blame, but I was like, nope, 10 marriage. That's what I'm pouring into. So, so I said, okay, we've got a plan. I'm going to take Ivor. We're going to go to grandma's house. It's right down the street. Ivor's going to go to bed. I'm going to take care of things while you get the key. 
he get he gets the key. He comes back. I've had a bed made up for him. We're ready to snuggle. We wake up the next morning. We have a big breakfast together and we all get to work on time the next morning. And I was like, oh my gosh, this stuff is real. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. like, like, because I was in that, I was in that moment. It was an outside event that, that was like, you know, that had an opportunity to completely take me down the rabbit hole. And this process really supported. Yeah. The form of meditation I use uh, to, to quiet the committee um, is, is um, uh, there's a retreat center nearby our house, just about five miles away that has a, a, a a woodland stone labyrinth and I do walking meditation because it's enough to occupy my brain and keep it quiet while I'm following the path. And, and so going around that whole circle, by the time I get to the center stone, um, you know, I've, I've kind of forgotten the committee and, um, you know, besides which they didn't even invite me to the meeting <laughs> they're just going on and on back here um but i i've been able to quiet that enough to to have perspective and um and it's usually walking back out of the labyrinth that i feel my my pace quickening and you know getting ready to get back to normal and back to 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 uh, you know a place where i can make a choice to shift um and and let go of of what it was that i was holding on to um, emotions help, uh, you know, are almost like the glue that has you hold on to, um, an interpretation. Um, so anytime I, I have that emotional, um, piece of it going on, I'm trying to look at, well, where's that emotion really coming from? You know, is, is my emotional level equal to the incident or is, is, is there a difference? I mean, cause there are some things, you know, you, the, the emotion is the appropriate motion, emotion for whatever's happening here. But when it's this way, um, there's some other things going on in my interpretation. And, and that's what I get to let go of. Um, so when we talked about letting go, it really was not letting go of the whole thing, but letting go of the interpretation part that's attached to something else in the back. This is not that. And, and, and so when I'm in that moment, I can make a new choice. And you may not know what the interpretation is. So like I, mm-hmm. as you're talking about the letting go, Chris, like um, one of mine is bad customer service. Like whenever I get bad customer service, my emotion is not equal to what is happening. You know, like mm-hmm. I get really angry and really frustrated, raise my voice. And, and, I, and I think, what is up with this? You know, like what is, why do I, why do I let this phone call change my complete emotional state? Um, and so, so what, what would you recommend if we don't know what the interpretation is? I don't have a childhood trauma. I don't think that's tied to bad customer right. service yet. It happens every time I get bad customer service. Mm, yeah. So what, what is it that you're saying about yourself? You know, what's the, the interpretation that has you really react, um, you know, so, so emotionally to bad customer service? No, I mean, I think it's probably that I'm not being heard and that I'm like, that I'm misunderstood. Mm-hmm. And right. that's probably like, I've always felt like I wasn't being heard, which is why I talk so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so that probably is it. Yeah. Um, and I can probably tie that back to, you know, being, being, you know, told to not talk so much as a child, right. but, but like it gets me every time. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and mine is all about respect. I must not being, you know, that person must not respect me. 
Um, and, and I just, you know, I grew up in a family where respect was the number one thing. You know, my dad was in the military, um, respect for rank, uh, respect for process, things like that were, were really big in, in my house. So when somebody, is having a bad customer service day and they you know put it on me i think they're not respecting me so whatever it is that we when we start looking at well what's the source of that feeling um why am i getting so angry it's just this you know so why am i getting so angry is a good indicator or why am i getting so upset is a good indicator that you know something in here is touching my old stuff, my old stories. Um, and, and that's what I, you know, want to get a hold of and, and then say, okay, so that doesn't serve me. <clears throat> How do I let go of that? <laughs> Thank you for the coaching. Cause I was like, this, this just happened with, with my airline, like two days ago. <laughs> I think you think you're on the other side of this. And I, I think one thing I'll just say in this whole conversation is hmm. there is no other side. So right. there's be like one day you wake up, and your life looks totally different. Like I just told the, the story of Andrew, you know, losing the key and how that was amazing. I was like, oh my gosh, this was amazing. Like we have a 10 marriage right in this moment. <laughs> I don't feel like that every day. And I don't feel like that in every moment. There's mm-hmm. still moments where like we're up against it. Chris and I are still in it. Um, and and it's, it's an ongoing practice. Yeah, I've been doing this, you know, for 30 years and, and it's, it's still not over. Um, it's still not done. I'm not complete. I'm a being in the process of becoming something and that becoming will be evident on my deathbed, probably, you know, but, but, uh, you know, uh, it, it's, it's always an ongoing process. And every time we get a chance to do something like this, to stop and look at what it is that our interpretations are, we get one step closer to becoming, you know, more complete, but it's an ongoing process. It's, it's a practice that you practice every day or as often as, as it comes up, you want to practice that. Um, because it's in the practice that we get muscle memory on how to. So situations will still happen. But if I have the muscle memory, then the, the distance between, you know, the event and what I'm able to, to shift and let go. Um, gets smaller and smaller. So um, I'm able to turn things around a lot faster now than I did many years ago. It would take me weeks and weeks to get over something like that. I'd harbor resentment and carry it around and, you know, and take it out on everybody else, you know. And, and, and now it's like, you know, in the matter of a, you know, if it's a really big thing in a matter of about an hour, um, you know, I'm, I'm back to, okay, Life is choice. Here's my choice. This is my vision. Here's where I'm going. And that's um, one of one of the ways you can tell if you're growing in this in this work is is just measuring the t- the distance in time between when you got triggered and when you were able to shift. Mm-hmm. And it may be like like Andrew and I joke, you know, on, on our honeymoon, um, we were we were joking that or no, it was our baby moon. Uh, we were in Hawaii and we, uh, we had gotten into an argument about money over dinner. And from the time that we ordered our dinner to the time that our dinner was delivered, the argument was complete. We had moved on. And, and, um, and my, and my Andrew said, like, I can't believe we're still having this argument. Like, I'm so frustrated that we still had that argument. I'm like, yeah, but at the beginning of our marriage five years ago, this would have ruined our entire vacation. <laughs> right. Now we're able to get to the other side of this between ordering and dinner being delivered. That's mm-hmm. a win. So, win, so absolutely. Yeah. So give yourself the celebration. <clears throat> oh, oh, I was able to shift faster this time. Yeah. Than- 
And and notice the uh, you know self story again of you know I should be over this you know why are we still having the same argument um, as if you know having done the work or having gone through you know transformation programs and things like that I am complete and I'm you know this will never happen again that, that's just a, a, you know fictional something we made up. Um, you know, probably programmed by our education and things like that, where we, you know, we complete a course and get an A and, and whatever. Um, in this stuff, it's life, the life course, you know, it's, it's, um, not over until it's over and then you'll get something else. Um, so, so we want to wrap it up there. Uh, and, um, and thank you all uh, for joining us. Uh, the by the way, the last step of you know doing this shifting process is step forward. You know, so um, once you're able to uh, you know recognize that it's an interpretation, look at the ladder of inference, and maybe talk yourself back down to rung one. What actually happened? Choose a new interpretation that serves your vision. Keep anchoring yourself in that. Then step forward. Um, because nothing is a decision until you take action on it. Uh, and, and and there is no wrong step as no. long as you're stepping into the direction of your vision for your life. Yeah. So, so there's, there's no wrong direction. Just step forward. Yeah. Excellent. And we'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you.